Welcome everybody by live stream. Glad to have you this morning. Thank you for all the things, comments and things you tell us. We hear from so many of you what God's doing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, being a doer of what you hear because that's how you, you, somebody said, how can we thank you? Just be a doer of what you hear. Be a doer of the word, amen, and let God use you. I'm going to get back into something that we were in. Uh, we were in it in Kansas City. I sort of brought it back here uh, maybe a Sunday ago or however long ago it was. seems like eternity since we've been together, <laughs> since we didn't have Wednesday night. But, um, and that is basically, um, it's, it's kind of morphing into more than this, but just knowing God. Yeah. You know, that's what really this, what sets us apart from religions. Right religions of the world religion even in the church world is that we're not we're not just uh learning a bunch of formulas um but we're learning to know god everybody say we're learning to know god (laughs) hallelujah so we've been looking at some of these verses and i want to maybe uh get back into some of this this morning if you brought your bible say i'm going to get my bible out and i'm going to open it up with pastor this morning Praise the Lord. Go with me to the book of uh, 1 Timothy here. I think so. Let me find it myself. But the Bible talks about, Paul mentioned that uh, he, didn't, he didn't really, uh, 2 Timothy it is, 1.12. 2 Timothy 1.12, Paul was saying that he didn't really just know what he believed but in this passage it says for the which cause I also suffer these things nevertheless I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day I know him I know not just what I believe but I know him I know the one that spoke the words the word of God is God speaking to us but you can be a word man uh, like the Pharisees in Jesus day and Jesus in the flesh show up and they crucified him so there's more it's not just knowing the the bible with head knowledge it's having revelation of what the word of god says can you say amen Amen. and so paul didn't just say i know what i believe he said i know whom i have believed in other words i don't just know principles i don't just know formulas from the word i don't just know good you know success principles or whatever i know the one who said these words and uh, really, if you read through his writings in like Philippians, uh, he said it, uh, other places he said it, my one great quest is to know him. One great quest is to know him. Not that I have already attained, but I press. Hallelujah. And he said that a number of times. And then here in Second Timothy, which is one of the last, if not the last book he wrote by the Spirit, of course, but he said, I know him. So he had gotten to the place he didn't just say, I want to know him. He got to the place, I know him. I know him. Praise the Lord. So he, do, he didn't just say he knew about him like we would know about George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. You know, you can read books about George Washington or Abraham Lincoln and think that because you read maybe, maybe you even studied him and did a, did a doctorate in, on him or something like that in school. But, but that doesn't mean you know him. Right? And the same thing's true with this book. You can know the letters backwards and forwards and know the Greek and the Greek roots and all of that and really not know God. If God showed up or the Holy Spirit started move, moving in your life, you'd say, I don't know what that is. Well, there's, there's more than just knowing, it by, knowing God by head knowledge. 
that's one thing I just, I just wish I could impart. I wish I could impart what I know inside about knowing God to people because people approach Christianity mentally. Whenever it is not, it is not a mental thing. It is a heart thing, and it's a relationship. And it's, but it's not even just a relationship. It's fellowship. Fellowship. And you can know him in your heart without knowing a whole lot about him in your head. Or you can know a whole lot about him in your head but really not know him in your heart. God is a spirit and you know him in your spirit. Sometimes you just don't know how you know, but you just know this is what God wants me to do. Right? And that's a heart thing. It's not a mental thing. And so uh, we, we want to think about this a little bit and then get into something here this morning. Uh, that will really, I believe, open some, some, uh, some revelation up to us. And so uh, if you let me kind of work my way up to it, will you let me work my way up to it? Uh, our faith is not just in a book. Somebody said, I thought we were word people. We are word people. This book reveals a person. Right? Amen. This is the written word that reveals the living word. Jesus is the living word, right? And so, yes, God reveals himself to us in his word, but yet right on the other hand, but that's just the point. It's not just his word. It's him that we want to have revealed to us. He reveals himself through his word. He and his word are one, yes, but, and you can't know him apart from his word. If you do, if you try to, you'll get in trouble. You'll be deceived, right? The devil will lie. Uh, but you, you can know him through his word, but you can know his word and still not know him. Uh, if you just want to write this down, I won't go there, but John 5, 37 through 40, just write that down and meditate on it later. Jesus said uh, there to the, some of the most religious people of his day, the Pharisees, he said, search the scriptures in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me and you won't come to me. Right? Come on, somebody. There's things in the Word that you preach to people, and they go, well, we don't believe it that way. But that's Him. That's Him. He's revealing Himself to them in His Word. So we don't want to be just mental Word people. We want to be people that have revelation of God and know the person, the one who said those words. You know, when you get saved, you basically come to the altar and shake hands with Jesus and say hi. And he says, welcome to the family. That's not the end of it. That's the beginning. When you walk down the aisle to marry that girl that you're sitting beside this morning, (laughs) when you walk down the aisle, that doesn't mean you knew her like you know her now. Right? Right? Yes, sir. I thought I knew Debbie, and I found out things I didn't realize at all about her. <laughs> but, but so that's the way it is. The, Paul is a born-again minister walking in the plan of God, being used all over the known world, and he still said, I want to know him. He was born again, but he still said, I want to know him. And the power of his resurrection. You remember that? So our faith isn't just in a book. It's in a living God. And you can't exercise faith apart from what you know in your spirit from God. You can go through all the mechanical, uh, pull this lever, push that button based on this verse uh, that you want to. But if your heart's telling you something other, 
some other principle, some other thing from God or his word that applies to this situation and you just kind of close your ears, blah, 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 your faith isn't going to work. Faith is of the heart. And it's what your heart knows, not just what your head knows because you memorized it in church. Amen. This is good preaching. You can help me by saying amen a little bit. And so we want to know the one who wrote the word, the one who gave us the word. The scriptures are not an end to themselves. Someone wrote those words. These, these words reveal a person. And you can know principles from the word. We preach, we preach principles, step one, two, three to this, or ABCs of walking by faith or whatever. We preach, there are principles in the word, and you can get to know God by learning those principles, but yet you can still you can know the principles and be a head person and don't really know in your heart the one who wrote those principles. He'll, he'll, tailor, he'll guide you how to apply them to your life. Amen. Amen. Don't try to exercise faith apart from your fellowship with God. Did you get that? There's a lot coming real quick. Pay attention. Don't try to exercise your faith apart from your fellowship with God. Amen. Well, anyway, that went over like a lead balloon. Let's keep on going. Why, uh, when someone gets uh, uh, saved, that begins a journey of knowing him. Praise the Lord. Jesus said eternal life in John 17, 3 is to know God and to know Jesus. That doesn't happen at the new birth. That's the beginning of that, but that's not the end of that. This is a lifelong thing, right? Um, so you can, uh, you can learn a lot about that. You can be uh, a person that's a scripture quoter. Got bumper stickers all over your, 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 your car. You know what I'm talking about. You're a Bible-toting Christian. You go to church, and you got bumper stickers on your bumper, bumper and your briefcase and your forehead and whatever. Yeah, are you all there? And really not know Him. Amen. You can know about Him. You can have a head full of data and trivia but you don't really know Him. Praise the Lord. You know Him by revelation. You know Him by revelation. And uh, you can have revelation of Him in one area and not have revelation of Him in another area. You understand what I'm talking about? Uh, I want to know Him in all the ways there is to know Him. Just think of a, a few of them. The Lord was giving me some of these. I'll just make, a, make mention of a few of them. I want to know Him as comforter. Amen. I want to know Him as counselor. I want, him to know him, I want to know Him in the inner witness. I want to know Him as the one who is the joy in the midst of sorrow. I want to know the one who gives me victory all the time. I want to know him in seed faith. Christians don't know him uh, in certain areas. They know him in other areas. I want to know him in all these areas. I want to know him as the God of covenant. He'll keep his covenant. He's a blood covenant God. I want to know him as the uh, know him in the shout. Where you shout and the power falls and the victory comes. Woo, I want to know him in that flow. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. I want to know him in the God of the divine compensation. I want to know him as a free giver. See, some folks don't know him that way. They think you just got to pray and pray and pray and wrench something out of God's hands. And finally, he says, okay, okay, it hurts. Uncle, stop bugging me. I'll give it to you. That's the way they think he is. He's not that way. He's the God. The Bible says he freely gives us all things to enjoy, richly gives us all things. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give him? I want to know him in the free giving, the free liberal flow of generosity that he has in his heart towards me. And get that flow going towards others. Hallelujah. I want to know him in the songs of the Spirit. In the nighttime where I just get drunk full, sappy full of the, of the Holy Ghost. Even whenever there's a lot of stuff swirling around in my life. Trying to get into the inside of me. I want to know him in the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That just gives me, just gives me in the midst of all of it. The comfort and the edification and the answers that I need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's so many other ways. How many of you know you could go so many different I want to know him as healer. Some people know him and they love him. They're committed to him as Savior. And I'm telling you what, they're good folks. You know what I'm talking about? But they don't know him as healer. When it comes to healing, they, they, they think it's just up to him sovereignly deciding if, if God heals or not. If he wants to heal or not. So there's so much, you know, you could go so many directions with that. But any area you don't know him in, you can't trust him. Ooh, that will preach a whole sermon right there. You can't trust somebody you don't know. Or if you don't know them in certain ways, you can't trust them in that way. You might have a, have a person down at the, at the job that you interact with, you know, on the projects that your job's working on or the, your department's working on in your job. You might know somebody because you interact with them down there. But that doesn't mean that you know them well enough to trust them to babysit your child. Right? Because, you know, there's kind of there's weird people around. You know what I'm talking about? And they might be one way in public. Right? I said that by the Holy Ghost. I hadn't thought about that for a long time. <laughs> I'm telling you, you just got to know, know people after the Spirit before you can trust them with people with like your children or something something like that um, you might know them down to the job like I said because of projects you work on in your department together but then you if you were running late to get to the airport and you had to deposit a, a you know about twenty thousand dollars of cash uh, you might not know them in a way that you say here can you put this in my bank account here's here's the account number I got to get to the airport well, you might enjoy working with them, but hey, that's another level right there. I don't know you like that. So I can't what? I can't trust you. It's not that you're a bad person. Maybe you're a great person. It's just that I don't know it. And that's the way God is. He's good, but people don't know it. So you can't trust him in ways you don't know him. Oh, my, my, my. Praise God. And so then there's a whole side of knowing his ways. 
You know, the book of Psalm 103, verse number 7, He made known His ways unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. So knowing God includes knowing His ways. God has ways about Him just like any other person you get to know has ways about them. As, I'm talking about other people as quirky as they are. That's the way they do it. <laughs> yeah. There are things that Pastor Debbie and I, we wouldn't have done it that way. But we got to stay out of fussing about it. Look, the end product is it got done. So it's not worth all the, don't do it that way. I don't want to do it that way. <laughs> That's their quirky ways, their quirky ways. <laughs> Sometimes when her and I are talking about budgeting or finances or money or something like that, I'll do the calculations in my head. I'll say, well, blah, 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 blah. she's like, what? Wait, 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 wait. Start over. Start this way. And then, and then what about this? And what about that? I said, I just told you that. She said, well, that's not the way I think. My brain doesn't work that way. I said, well, just renew your mind. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding about that, but that went over with her about as good as it went over with you. But, but see, everybody's got their ways, and God's got ways, right? And guess what? If you got a way of thinking and he's got a way of thinking, somebody's going to have to change if you and God are going to walk together and agree. Come on, somebody. Oh, yes, yes, yes. How much time do you have on that one? So his way is not just what he does, but how he does what he does. There are things that are more important to God that make him do things certain ways. Like promotion. Promotion doesn't come because you're gifted. Promotion comes because you're faithful. You can be gifted and not faithful and wonder why you're never being promoted. Well, I've got this great gift. I can sing. I can lead worship and so forth and so on. Yeah, but you can't even be faithful to stay in the cleaning department for three months. That's one of his ways. Prove you in lesser things to count you faithful for greater responsibility, greater places in the kingdom of God. You're welcome. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Just one of his ways. You know who we pay the highest on staff? Do you know who we bring on to the staff? It's people that have proven their heart for this ministry. Amen. It's not the greatest gifted people. Amen. Many are called, but few, I like to say it this way, are picked. Well, anyway, let's go over here and preach this. Maybe it'll... Maybe it'll go over a little bit better. So that's a whole subject that I won't take the time to get into completely, but just know God has His ways. And uh, to walk with Him, we have to walk according to His ways. A lot of times with God, what people say is important is an abomination. Uh, and people think differently. And that's why it takes time to get into what He has for them is because they're zigging when He's zagging. You know what I mean by that? He's saying, he's saying, this is important to me. Go this direction. You're going, oh, no, that's not. <laughs> but see, he's going to render the lard over there. 
I don't know if you know what I mean by render the Lord. That means he's going to work some things out of us over there on that broomstick or on that vacuum cleaner. Right? Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm called to be an apostle. I mean, dear God. Well, be the apostle over the vacuum. You know what I'm talking about? That's a whole, okay, okay. So we'll <laughs> praise the Lord. Now, um, let's, let's think about something here. There's, uh, whew, there's so much here. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Say that out loud. My people <clears throat> are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We, God wants us to get the knowledge of, of Him. <clears throat> now, Knowledge. I'm not just talking about head knowledge. I'm talking about revelation of, of God. He wants us to know, know Him by revelation. You can sit in church. Now, I'm not talking about anybody here that, that I haven't done this myself. You can sit in church and hear the Word for 20 years. And then one day, something happens. Something is said to where you're going... Oh, my goodness. I see it. Saw what? Revelation. Something that you heard and that you probably amened for many times, many church services. Yeah, hallelujah. But you didn't really see it. Now, that's not, maybe not completely true. You didn't see it like you see it now. See, there's degrees of this. Come on, somebody. How do you get further degrees of revelation? You stick with what you already have some revelation. You stick with it. Because revelation, according to Romans 1, 16 and 17, especially verse 17, revelation is given from faith to faith. Revelation can grow from faith to faith. We get revelation by faith. Just like we receive healing by faith, we get revelation. Let's put it this way. We know God according to our faith. And when as your faith grows, you see it clearer. <laughs> and he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of this. Now, he's not just talking about head knowledge. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of revelation knowledge. Amen. Revelation is how God reveals Himself. Revelation is how you know God. And revelation is of the heart. It's not of the head. Your head, you can sit in church and your heart get it, and your head goes, what? What, what, what? See, there's a, there's a, there's an, there's, you have physical eyes, but you also have eyes of your heart. And when they see the truth, that's when faith comes. That's where faith, that's the source of faith. Revelation is the source of faith. Amen. So, uh, praise the Lord. Are you still glad you came this morning? Now, this is what spiritual, if you want to talk about spiritual warfare, this is what spiritual warfare is all about. The battle between getting it and not seeing it. The devil does not want people to get it. Get what? The knowledge of God. He's okay with them having a head full of trivia. 
but to really know, know who they are in Christ, who God, God, to know God as their father, to actually know that and not just have head knowledge, but actually know it in your heart. That causes you to rest in the most troubling of times and just say, my father, my father and I are one. I am in my father and my father cares for me. I cast all my care on him for he, my father, cares for me. To really know that, it, is, it, it, it just ruins the devil's week to know that and to get that. My, 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 my. That's what really spiritual warfare is all about. So uh, if you study this subject very carefully, it's not between spiritual warfare I'm talking about. It's not between Satan and God as much as it is between what is going to dominate your thinking and, and your inner consciousness, truth or lies. That's what this is all about. People want to fight the devil. Let's go up into the heavens and pull down strongholds and so forth and so on. Listen, you can go through all those motions. And if you're still thinking wrong about God, still believing wrong things that the devil is telling you about God, you're still under his dominion. Not legally, but you're still being dominated by him. Because you'll know the truth and the truth shall. You'll do what? You'll know it. Know it. Know it, not head knowledge, but revelation knowledge. Know it in your heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, Have you ever wanted to come up after the service and tell the pastor or tell somebody, you know the word says this and this and this and this and this and this, and and, and you tell them and they go, praise the Lord, that's exactly right. No, you don't get it. You know, look what it it says right there. That's revelation is what that is. Praise the Lord. And, and that is huge to your faith. Huge to your faith. Uh, if you're going to guard anything, guard this. Guard revelation knowledge in your heart, especially in your heart. So um, when we say truth and lies, we're often talking about the contradiction between sense knowledge and revelation knowledge. Now, let me, let me work with this just a little bit. Can I just, can I just work with this? Go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. We were there, I believe, last Sunday or whenever it was that I last preached on this. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all with open face, that means unveiled face, beholding or looking as in a glass or a mirror. And we know from James 1, 22 through 25, that mirror is the Word of God. If you were here that Sunday, you heard that. If you weren't, go back and listen to that. That mirror is the Word of God. Beholding as in a mirror the, the Word of God, you behold the glory of the Lord, you are changed into the same what? Image. Image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. All right, so you look closely at this subject where we just mentioned James chapter number 1 and and, and 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, where it talks about uh, Satan blinds the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the knowledge of the glory of God should shine unto them. The light of the knowledge. See, we're talking about revelation knowledge. We're talking about what Paul got on the road to Damascus whenever he, in, in, in zealous, uh, you know, religious zealousness, 
was so convinced that these Christians need to be destroyed that he was out persecuting them. And this Jesus was a cult leader, a false, a false somebody that needs, his followers need to be destroyed. They're deceivers. They're leading people astray. They're this and they're that. And he's going getting papers to get legal permission to kill them. He's zealous about it. Until he met Jesus, he thought he knew Jesus. Until he met him in all his glory. From then on, he didn't know him the way he had known him. He said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse number, what is it, 14, we know no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth know we him no more. In other words, I used to think this about him, now I know him totally different. That is a paradigm shift that still has to happen in a lot of people's lives, even Christians. Jesus didn't change that day he revealed himself to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. Jesus did not change. The, what changed was the veil that was on Paul's face was pulled back and he got revelation. You obviously can know somebody one way and think and be convinced that that's who they are and it all be a lie. And the devil specializes in that. He specializes in blinding people's eyes. That's his modus operandi. That's his, that's his flow. And if you can get, if you can, if, if you, once you get on to him and how he works, his heyday is over. You'll no longer be beating the air trying to get the devil to stop in this area, stop in this area. You get revelation knowledge and you'll hit the mark. Because it's the lies, the deceptions that he tries to veil your thinking with that keeps you in the knowledge of who God really is or keeps you out of the knowledge of who God really is. That's where you need to emphasize and put your faith on to get the knowledge, get the light of the knowledge. And that knowledge has an image in it. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we're transformed into the same image. The image of how we see him in the word, the image of how we see ourselves in the word, there's an image of you in the written word of God. That's God's photo album. The epistles are God's family photo albums. And you know your vain self that whenever the family gets together and takes a photo of everybody, everybody say, cheese, cheese. When you get the picture, who do you look for first? You look for you, you vain self. No, we all do that. Why? Because that's just, that's just we, we want to see how, did, did, we have, did we have something in our teeth? You know what? Do I have a funny smirk on my face? Well, when you look into the Word, God's family photo album, look for yourself. You'll see Jesus. Yes, you'll see Jesus. Yes, you'll see God. Because really, the true image of God is in His Word. Experiences will distort the image of God. You can have experiences in this life that make you that, that convince you that the devil will try to use to convince you that God is not who he said in his word. We gotta decide what's right. My experience or what he said. Who is God? Would the real God please stand up? Right? So my my my. Uh, so this, this, getting this image that God has of himself, that God has of you, that God has of the devil, that God has of Jesus, that God has of other people. Somebody said, God has an image of the devil. Yeah, defeated. 
That's the image God has of the devil. And that's reality. But getting that image uh, uh, that God has of you, your, himself, so forth and so on, that God has put in his word is called the renewing of the mind. And it is also the development of your spirit. You've heard Pastor Debbie talk about the renewing of the mind, development of the spirit. That this is your spirit develops on revelation knowledge. Your mind is renewed by revelation knowledge. Sense knowledge will tell you differently sometimes than the than what's sense knowledge will try to paint a picture of something that is not reality. It might seem real to you, but it's not reality. I don't know if you realize how big of a deal this is. If this is not a big deal, why does the devil fight so hard to keep you from seeing yourself already healed, already prosperous, redeemed, already forgiven, not condemned? He fights and fights and fights in certain areas of our life. Each one of us is probably a little different, but he, he tries to work on us in certain areas to know God different than he really is. Can I share with you some of the things the Lord was sharing with me this morning? Uh, if you can handle it. Everybody say, I can handle it. <clears throat> Think about some of this. This, is, this will blow your socks off. But they're just religious socks, so that won't matter. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. Go over there. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. Remember I said this is where spiritual warfare really is all, all about? I hope that's not the heater turning on because it's hot in here. 2 <laughs> Corinthians uh, 10 verses 4 and 5 yes, yes, some of the verses God's been drawing me to a lot lately let's look at 2 Corinthians 10 4 and 5 the weapons of our warfare see here's what we call spiritual warfare are not carnal natural, physical but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and people read that and they automatically think of strongholds in the heavenlies, but keep on reading. Casting down, this is verse 5, casting down imaginations. Ima say that word, imaginations. Imaginations. What is an imagination? It's something that people imagine to be real, but it's not. Imaginations, where does that happen? That happens in the mind. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against what? The knowledge of God. So this imagination is actually lying against the true knowledge of God. And then bringing into captivity every what? Thought unto the what? The obedience of Christ. And he goes on. We, we could take a lot of time, but just to get the points. Uh, strongholds, imaginations, and thoughts. This is where the enemy works. This is where spiritual warfare... Spiritual warfare is really between the ears. It's your mind. Uh, your mind is the battlefield where Satan wants to dominate. That's how he attacks people. He attacks them in their mind in order to get in their thought life. Get them to thinking wrong. Because if they think wrong, then they'll believe wrong. If they believe wrong, they'll do wrong. If they do wrong, they'll get wrong and even go to hell. You know, if I'm talking about if they think wrong about receiving Jesus so um, notice he said here imaginations say that word out loud imaginations now can you handle where we're going I don't know we'll see 
Um, remember we were talking about getting the knowledge, knowledge in the true image of God, which is in His Word. The, the true picture of God is found in, in His Word and really in Jesus, because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? So people say God sometimes uh, makes people sick. Do you see Jesus going around making people sick? If you've seen Him, you've seen the Father. You know, well, yeah, sometimes Jesus said, though, that he said that, you know, this person was made sick by God so that they could be healed. No, 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 no. You got you to gotta yeah. understand the whole council. Look what Jesus said. He said, a house divided against itself can't yes. stand. Yes. He's not doing evil so he can turn around and do good and so everybody can say, praise you, Father. That'd be like a father a physical natural father putting cancer on their child until they're almost dead and then saying okay now I'm going to cure them take them to the hospital just people think I'm a good person you need to be locked up I said you need to be locked up if anybody in our society was doing what people accuse God of doing people accuse God of doing all kinds of stuff if, they, if, if anybody in society was doing what God they, they accuse God of doing God's not doing it but they accuse God of doing it then we'd have him locked up and probably hanged by tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock because he needs to be removed from society but see that's not God that's the devil and he's lying telling lies on God anyway okay so the greatest, notice he said imaginations. The biggest source, okay, my, 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 how can I, Lord, there's so much here. Um, the biggest source, I'll look at this while I'm saying this. The biggest source of wrong imaginations is religious teachings. Teachings, doctrines that create images or imaginations about God us, so forth and so on, the devil, that are incorrect. Amen? The biggest source of wrong imaginations is religious teachings. And what I want to finish the service with, oh my goodness, is that clock right? It's cold, it, it must have messed up. My, 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 my. This is my introduction. Okay, well, let's just keep going. Um, praise the Lord. The, the uh, religious teachings, one of the biggest lies is the teaching of sovereignty. You heard me get on this if you were listening down in Kansas City, and I ain't done with it yet. The Lord has been talking to me and talking to me and talking to me. Hebrews 3, 9 and 10 says, talking about the children of Israel, to, if you, well, verse 7, if you hear today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation and the depth, temptation and the wilderness. He's referring to uh, Israel at Kadesh Barnea. Remember that? Whenever he said, go in and possess the land, he's, they said, we can't, there's giants in the land. Remember they rebelled and they got in disobedience and all that. He's talking about that and he said, today, if you, he's talking about us now today. If today, if we hear his voice, don't you harden your heart like they did. And, in the provocation and the temptation and the wilderness when your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my works 40 years wherefore I was grieved with that generation said they do always err notice this they do always err in their heart now notice and they have not known my ways 
The Lord spoke to me about that a number of months ago and said there is, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but there is a religious spirit that constantly pulls people away from the message of faith. Because the context there, if you read the whole rest of the third chapter and over into the whole fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews, after that verse, they, have aired, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. The context is they did not use faith to get into what Canaan's land, what yeah. God had provided for them. And so to err in their heart and not know his ways means there was, there, they, they erred in their thinking about how God does things. Yeah. He does it through faith, yeah. through our faith. And he said to me, there is a religious spirit, there is an evil spirit that is always trying to get people away from the message of faith. First yes, yes, Timothy 4.1 tells you about it. In the last days, talks about the last days. Remember, uh, it talks about there, uh, men will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. There are demons that are always trying to keep people getting away from faith. And let me tell you, one of the greatest ones that everybody's seen sort of wink at, and it's time somebody call this out, and that is the sovereignty doctrine. The sovereignty doctrine. Somebody said, well, no, we're not into that. If you're into excess grace, you're into the sovereignty doctrine. I didn't say grace. I'm talking about the extreme teachings on grace. You're back into sovereignty where it's all up to God. Not, not the true message of grace, but this excessive stuff that's going on today. Wow, and I, I just opened up a whole hour's worth of talking about this, which I don't have because your roast is burning, right? <laughs> but this is people, I'm talking about the sovereignty doctrine, this is people knowing God erroneously. They think God just controls these things. He just decides what he's going to do for who he's going to do and so forth. And, uh, and uh, Satan has hoodwinked a lot of people about this. Just, let me tell you something. There's basically two camps in the body of Christ. And one of them, both of them can't be right. That is the people that preach that God just runs everything. He's deciding whether he's going to heal somebody, whether he's going to do that or, do that or not. Uh, he's just controlling everything. And if something bad happens, it was God doing it. And if something good happens, it was God doing it. And if, if uh, something, di- something good didn't happen, God just decided not to do it. It's just sovereignty. It's, it's all on God's side. What we do, what we think, what we believe, what we say whether we obey has nothing to do with whether we experience certain things. It's just all God. God's running everything and he's running it. Well, if that's true, then why are you even going to church? Why are you praying? Why are you asking for anything? Lord, heal this baby if it be your will. When you say, if it be thy will, you're basically saying, well, you're sovereign. And you're going to do it if you want to. And if you don't want to, you're not going to do it. And so you're just going to do what you're going to do. So why are we praying? Well, we want the baby to be healed. Yeah. And if you're saying God doesn't, you're just accused God of being. You just, you just said God's not as good as you are. So, 
Praise the Lord. We need to talk about this. <laughs> I'm out of time. I'm out of time. But so this is, so there's that side in the church world. And then there's the, the, the people that have come into the knowledge of the authority of the believer. That's the two camps. And here's what is astounding to me, is the people that don't know the difference. Astounding to me that people don't see the difference. Appalling to me that people can sit in a good church, hear the word, and then, well, you know, I can fellowship anywhere. Now, you, you, you hear, you, we're getting on some ground here that people get, get touchy about. We can love everybody. We can say, you're a part of the body of Christ. And I'll tell you why you're a part of the body of Christ, because you don't believe your sovereignty stuff when it comes to salvation. Because if you believe your sovereignty stuff when it comes to salvation, you would not be a part of the body of Christ. But you, you, you are faith people when it comes to salvation, so you're part of the body of Christ. You're our brother, our sister. You're good people. You love God. I'm not judging whether you love God or not. I'm not saying they're not good people. I, see, these are good people. These are not bad people. They're not rebellious and hangry against God. They're, they love God, right? But to hang around groups that believe everybody thinks that way because that's what the pulpit says is going to create an environment and an atmosphere where you are passive in your faith, waiting on God to do something that He's waiting on you to make a move of faith. And you will err not knowing His ways. That's the truth about it. It's appalling that people don't know the difference. Well, do we, do we, somebody said, can't we fellowship with them? Yeah, to a degree around, around what the Word says. Right? Now, you got to hear me out. Tell, me, tell, tell your neighbor, I'm going to hear him out on this. I was the same way for a long time. Well, a long time in my younger years. So we want to be, we want to be, uh, we're not trying to attack anybody. We're simply bringing the light of the truth so that the truth can make people free. We want people to be free, not bound by these religious teachings. Amen. I'm not trying to, we're not against people. We're against things that bind people. People love God and go to heaven. You know, some of these people are even better, better people than maybe some of us. I didn't say you, some of us. Good people. I mean, they'll get people saved quicker than us. Right? And I mean, go to heaven quicker than us, maybe. Maybe earlier, too, but... I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, you believe wrong, you're going to get wrong things. <laughs> That's what I thought it would happen. It goes over a little strong, you know, because people go, whoa, 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 whoa. He's dividing the body of Christ. The body of Christ is already divided. Amen. Some of us went on into the light and the rest didn't. But we can't draw back from the light just because somebody doesn't see it that way. That's the point. They don't see it that way. But listen, we can pray that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened so that it might not be as dramatic as Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, but so that they can come, they can see that whatever, however they're seeing Jesus now, they can come to the realization, whoa, 
That was not true. I had a God in my own religious image. But it was not reality. Anybody still glad you came? So that's what the Lord was talking to me about this morning. Uh, you don't really, he said this, you don't relate to God according to who he is. You relate to him according to who you imagine him to be. <laughs> hey, the same is true about receiving from him, walking with him, fellowshipping with him, and worshiping him. The Bible says we're to worship him in spirit and in truth. Isn't that right? If you're, if you're worshiping him under a false imagination, remember 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, casting down imaginations. If you're worshiping him in a false imaginations, it's not true worship. It's worshiping a false image, the God of your own imagination. John 4, you know the context when Jesus said this, you worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus said to the, because was, he was talking to a, a, a Syrophoenician, and they, they, they actually, I found out more information about this recently, they actually had built sort of a, a semi-temple up on the mountain, I think it's Gerizim or whatever it was, um, and they, they worshiped there. Uh, Samaritans were part Jews, part other mixed-in people. And they, they were worshiping God over here. God had said worship in Jerusalem. And so this woman at the well, remember, she said, well, who's right? Basically, she's kind of, the bullet down, she's saying to Jesus, who's right? We say worship over in that mountain. You say in Jerusalem, uh, who's right? That's basically the question. Jesus said, the hour comes and now is. Well, first of all, before he said that, go back there to John 4. I'm almost done. Go back to John chapter number 4. He didn't just say we worship in spirit and in truth. He said something else before that. Look at what he said. You were, verse 22, well, let's go back to verse 21. Woman, believe me, the hour comes when they shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. From John 4, 21. Now verse 22, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Then he said the hour comes, now, and, and now is, that when the true worshipers shall worship him in spirit and in truth. The Father seeketh such to worship him. God is the spirit, they worship him, must worship him in spirit and truth. Now, notice, I, I always skipped over verse number 22. The word what, you, you worship, you know not what, is, is just as often translated who or whom in the New Testament. So it means literally throughout the New Testament, if you study the whole council of this, and I can't get into all of it because it would take a long time, you worship this one and that one and the other. You don't know which one you're worshiping. That's what the Greek actually says. You don't know who, you don't know if it's this one or that one or another one. Whew, that's pretty strong. That's pretty stout. And so um, this is used referring to people who are unstable. Now, Jesus was saying to her, you know not which one you worship. You don't know what you worship. And it could also mean you don't worship God in any revealed authority. You worship Him very much in the dark. Quiet in this church, isn't it? Yeah. 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 
You worship him very much in the dark. Yes. In other words, you don't, have, you don't have revelation of God. You don't have revealed authority. See, whenever you have re revelation from the word of who God is, now you can worship him on the authority of that word that revealed him. Does that make sense? But he said, you don't know which one or who you're worshiping because you don't know him. You're worshiping who you imagine him to be. And listen, people do it very sincerely. We're not, we're not, we're not saying they're not sincere. They're sincere, but sincerely wrong. And I commend some of them for their commitment. Because they think God's doing a, lot, a whole lot of bad things, and yet they worship Him still. I commend that. But that doesn't mean the devil's not going to beat them up. Because my people are destroyed, not because they don't love God, but because they don't have knowledge. They're not worshiping Him in the light of the knowledge of who God really is. So the devil's going to beat them up. Love God. Go to heaven as quick as you and I but going to have a beat up life because the devil lies and he tells them all kinds of lies and the devil just sits back and goes he 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 all this lying is just to keep them from resisting me while I come in and do all these things that they think God is doing to them it's a lie amen are you glad you came to church this morning wow I'm just getting started I don't know if you believe that or not you can go to Romans 10 2. Paul said, I bear a record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Talking about the Jews. Paul was once that way. He said he zealously persecuted the church. <laughs> and Galatians 1.14, he profited in the Jews' religion above many as equal, uh, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of, the fa of our fathers. You can be zealous for religious traditions and think God is this and God is that, but zealously wrong. Well, we were all the same way, so I know you're just getting upset at anybody else. I can say I was in that category one time. Isn't that right? That doesn't make them bad people. We're not trying to attack anybody. We're simply saying they, we've got to get the truth of the knowledge of God. I don't think the body of Christ uh, values getting the knowledge of God properly. Otherwise, people would not listen to all the voices that are talking just because they look like they might know something and they have a program that has the right lighting on the set and it looks like it's professional or something amen come on somebody come on somebody the pulpit is where I lay responsibility for a lot of things it is the Bible says be not many masters it means teachers don't be many teachers because they're going to receive a greater condemnation they're going to be judged by a higher standard. Talking to people about what God is or who He is or what He's like, and, and especially this sovereignty thing, that, that will send, that will destroy more people's lives. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I could tell you stories of people that I have heard the story of why they rebelled against God. It's because at 12 years old, whenever their mother died, some little, some little panty-waisted preacher came and said well your God needed your mama in heaven more than you did he said if that's who God is I want nothing to do with him and they've been some of the biggest promoters of wickedness in our society today and you can't blame them if that's who God is that's not who he is but if that's who you think he is who wants to serve him praise the Lord oh I'm glad I came to church this morning stand up with me 
I don't know if you remember that Jesus said, people think, he said, don't use vain repetitions in prayer. People think that they will be heard for their much speaking. Do you know because they think it doesn't make it reality? Amen. Do you know you can love God but still think wrong? Yeah, we're probably still all doing a little bit of that. <laughs> Amen. You can love God and still think wrong. I know that the story of the, uh, what was his name, Naaman in the Old Testament whenever he came to Elijah and wanted to be prayed for for his leprosy. Remember that? And uh, he got mad because the prophet didn't do it the way he thought he would do it. He said, I thought he'd come out and he'd uh, strike his hand over the place. That's laying on of hands. And call on the name of his God. That's prayer. In other words, he thought healing was going to be this way. It's going, to be, it's going to be laying on the hands and prayer, so forth and so on. But it didn't happen his way. And he got mad and squealed his chariot wheels, came out of the driveway, and just hot. Right? And uh, took him a while to cool off. But eventually, somebody said, well, if it had been hard, you'd have done it, right? Surely I thought. Look, look what he said. Surely I thought. That's where he's messed up. He thought. It wasn't the way God was moving. It was the way he thought God should do it. He thought God should be this way. Surely I thought. And you can miss God by a thousand miles because you thought this or that or the other. But I'm asking God for some. Listen, I, I just really am. I'm just really asking God for some uh, Damascus Road experiences. Whoa! <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you getting this this morning? But you can love God with all your heart and still think wrong. And guess what? Suffer. Because wrong knowledge, Satan takes advantage of it. People are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They think God's sovereignly running everything whenever he's actually moving through the open door of man's faith. Introduction finished. Point one. We have got to understand that there's a lot of things that people say God is doing that Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, and I wanted to get into them this morning. Maybe come some other time. I was going to say Wednesday night. That's our prayer night. <laughs> says totally opposite. Let me say this. God is sovereign in heaven. He's getting His perfect will done in heaven. On earth? Nope. Well, I just believe he's, he's doing whatever he wants to do. Well, then why did he say, pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is being done in heaven. But it must not automatically be done on earth But he said, because he said, pray that my will be done on earth. It must not be up to God whether it happens on earth. It must be up to us praying. It must be. And you could go, and that's just one of Scripture after Scripture we could get into that would say some very similar things. The, the authority of Jesus, the risen Christ who whooped the devil and defeated the enemy, the authority of Jesus has been delegated to the church. And that's what we've got to understand. The, our dear brothers and sisters that preach sovereignty, they've got to understand the authority of the believer. Oh, I can't wait to get into this can't wait to get into this psalm 78 41 they turned back and tempted god and limited we're going to talk about limiting god god is limited 
unless somebody down here opens the door to him. There's, there's, just, there's just things that most sovereignty brothers and sisters don't understand about that. He's limited by free will. Remember Jerusalem? He came up to Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thee together as a hen gathereth her chicks? But you wouldn't. But you. He, he, wasn't, he didn't say, but I sovereignly decided not to. No, he said, people didn't respond to him. People have to respond. The church has to respond to the head for God to have his way down here. And we could go to Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Earth has to move first. Why? Because earth is in authority. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is in authority. And that's just three or four of a whole bunch that we could get into. And we're going to look at some of these truths. We've visited them in the past. We're going to visit all these things again. Because it's easy when you're around people who think in sovereignty ways. Maybe not here, but you know what I'm talking about. It's easy to start slipping into that in your thinking regarding, listen, the nation. You know why the nation is where it is today? The church. Now, that doesn't go over real well, but it's the church. The church. Amen. Yeah. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Right? It's God's people that have to make the move. And so much more. Amen. Well, did you get the introduction? That's an that's a introduction to some of this. We want to know God in the true image of who's running things down here. Is he really running things down here? Or has he left some things up to the church? We're going to get into that more. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for opening our eyes. We, we desire to see the reality of who you are, who we are, how you do what you do, and know your ways. We don't want to err. We don't want to get off. Father, we don't want to think wrong whenever you're waiting on us. We think we're waiting on you, but you're waiting on us. We want to think right. We want to be in agreement. We want to, we want to uh, say yes to the word. Hallelujah. We don't want to limit you. We don't want to open the door for the enemy by waiting for you to do sovereignly what you do through us. We bless you and thank you. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for revealing where things are, revealing why things are the way they are in our own personal lives. Show us our place. We know you have a place. We know your power can only do what we can't do, but yet you have given us responsibilities and told us what our place is. Show us our place. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. I know the Lord one time when I was praying about some things concerning finances years ago. I didn't realize the way I was praying. How many of you know the Lord can open your eyes sometimes and you're like, oh my goodness, look at the way I was praying. And I, I'm, I was praying in a way that was saying, sort of saying, God, you know, you know what that tone sounds like? God. And I didn't realize that I was praying that way. But he made this simple statement to me that opened my eyes to the, what I was doing. He said, if you don't have it, it's not my fault. I'm like, uh, oh, my goodness. Look at what I was doing. Laying it off on him. 
You know why that's not popular with a lot of people? Because that puts responsibility on us. We'd rather just go to church and not have any responsibility. I mean, just make me feel good for 20 minutes and I'll go my merry way, live my life the way I want to live it. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. But see, he's given us the free will and he's given us the authority to determine our own direction and our own destiny. And we can have whatever we want from him or whatever we don't want, we can live without it. Amen. That's really a good God that allows us to decide. I choose his ways. Anybody choose his ways with me? I choose to know him in the flow of the authority of the believer. I choose to know him not as a sovereign God, but the word God, the, the Bible God, the one who Jesus said this great revelation in eight words in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, be it unto you. One of the greatest eight-word revelations in the whole Bible. <laughs> according to your faith. Not according to my sovereignty. Not according to my will. It was my sovereign will that you be healed. No, nope, he wasn't controlling that. According to your faith. According to your faith. According to your faith. Hmm? Well, when God gets ready, he's going to clean up the government. Nope. According to your faith. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to say about it? What are you going to exercise authority over? Amen. Well, I've gone long and you are used to that, but at least you're not, you don't, your spirit doesn't leave and feel cheated, right? I rest my case, right? All right. So praise the Lord. Father, we thank you again for the, for the word this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we step up to our place. We take our rightful place of dominion and authority that you've delegated to us. We praise you for the utterance this morning. We ask you to continue to give us utterance for these things according to your will, as you will, Father, that we might see these truths better and better. Yeah, 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 I see that, Lord. I see that. I see that, Father. Masakie, Bronzagita, Braskataye, Brodatie, Do, Hobagia, Odamaye, Eremaya, Kuyataye. Yeah, another opportunity. Another opportunity. Another opportunity. Another opportunity laid before the church to get it right. To get it right. To get it right in this election. To get it right. So you're having us utter these things. May the church hear your word. May the church hear what the Spirit is saying. Hallelujah. Father God, may many ministers, many, many word preachers be given utterance to say what we need to hear as the church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, that we might turn, that, that us as the church might turn and, and find our place in prayer, find our place in authority, and begin to walk in the light. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, Father, thank you for another opportunity. We will take our place in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That means more to me than I can say right now in, in just a few minutes because of other things he said. But uh, maybe we'll be able to get to it sometime. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just glad. I, I just like being here. I don't know about you. I just like being here. 
Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor. Greet your neighbor as you go and tell him, I hear what the Spirit is saying to us, and we're going to walk in the light of it together. Hallelujah. Ooh, I keep seeing things. I'm trying to go. I keep seeing things. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. My, my, my. Praise you, Lord Jesus. I see that, Father. My, 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 my. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. I see that. That, that minister. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Show us exactly when he's to come. He will speak to these things. He will utter things which the Spirit of God is saying to help us. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Panzagie. So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the timing on that to have those. Yes, I see those two guest ministers, two of them, two of them. Yes, Father. Managia Shakuta. Hi. That'll help us in these things. Prepare us to take our place of authority. Oh, Mamakishike, Keriara, Monzoguye, Takataye. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise and the glory. Oh, that's the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan for this year. I see it for 2024. That's the plan. Glory to God. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus.